Hey everybody, welcome back. I hope you are doing well and staying sane in these crazy days. And yeah, let's, uh, um, well, how can I start this? Not trying to do a specific topic this time. I think I'm just going to ramble, you know, just to let my, my mind go. A lot of things I want to talk about in life and stuff. Not just about the stuff that I've been talking about, which has been more social and political. But also, like, I don't really... If if some of you get the impression that I'm very angry as well... Like, like I'm frustrated. I definitely am. The one thing that's really made me frustrated is, like, what's, what's happening with society and the, and the politics and stuff. Because I feel like... It's getting worse, despite the supposed positivity that exists. And that's the uh, sad uh, part of reality to me. Because it's, it almost feels like we're starting to live more and more this delusion of happiness. And the delusion is being spread by so many different people and groups and stuff. Which is why I don't really support most groups. I really don't. I feel like too many of these groups are too radical or they're too corrupt. And they most of them lose sight of what they really are supposedly fighting for. You know, they get caught up in the finger-pointing game where they start pointing fingers at other people or other demographics or other groups claiming that they're in the wrong and, and, and but that they're wrong and they're and they're right. And so I, yeah, I don't, I don't like that. That's why the, the primary group I think I would ever follow would probably be environmentalism. And that's just because the world is important. You know, we need, we need the world to live. But I also feel it's, it's not the extreme aspect of environmentalism that I follow. It's because it's, I also feel like the radical portions of environmentalists uh, they they ignore other truths like this whole uh, global warming it's not there's too many variables that I feel many people don't consider about what's contributing to global warming everybody just automatically hears oh humanity's the cause of this or it's oil and gases uh, that's contributing to the global warming when in fact it's it's a number of things, to be honest. From what I've learned and what I've read, it's the human footprint does contribute to things, but people don't think and consider the procession of the Earth, the the orbit, the wobble. I don't know how many of you even know about that. It's a it's a part of astronomy and you know about planets and stuff. And every planet has like a wobble or, or, you know, the, has a procession and ours, I believe it's something around 25,000 years is one full, like full rotation of the wobble or something like that of the procession. I believe the word is procession. And so it's 25,000 years. Well, the last, uh, and each, each, uh, I guess 
within those 25 years, there's like different stages. And a lot of those stages apply to, um, what is it? Uh, to the Zodiacs. That's right. I'm, I'm hoping. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I want to look this up, but I, I feel like that's a, it's going to take, it's a little bit of pretty, a lot of uh, re, what's the word? Refreshing. But I'm pretty sure it was 25,000 years. It could be 25,000 years per per section. Like, I mean, per zodiac sign. Because it was something along the lines, like every zodiac sign lasts something like 5,000 plus years or something. And it's... Um, so it's a long period, you know, regardless. It's a long period that it takes. And one thing is... Part of what's happening right now is we're entering a new phase. That This is the point I'm trying to get to. Whereas we're entering a new phase of this procession and this wobble. And every every phase, with it comes a lot of, according to scientists and archaeologists and stuff, it comes with huge changes in geography, in the atmosphere, in a lot of things. So... When I, when I hear people talk about environmentalism and global warming, the thing I like to consider a lot is what everything is contributing. It's not just us. We're actually harming ourselves in the, in the opposite way from if uh, Randall Carlson has any say in the matter. He, he pointed out that every, like, there's there was like a, a period of like every 10,000 years or something like that the earth, 10 or 100,000 years, the earth experienced like uh, catastrophic changes, like giant meteorites would hit impact the earth. And as a result, each impact would superheat and then super freeze the planet, which would in a way, as he pointed out, create a kind of a reset. So as the, because the earth would naturally warm up, the earth naturally gets warmer and warmer as time progresses and if it wasn't for these meteor impacts these asteroids that reset the earth's temperature control so to speak then things would we would be a much hotter planet than it is today we might even be more like venus and so that's uh so that's things that i i, I started thinking about i was like huh so as the technology has advanced since if Graham Hancock and him are, are, you know, have obviously pointed out to be true, which was the last cataclysm was around 11 to 13,000 years ago. That was the last major meteor impact that literally had global changes. You know, it flooded the world. It, it superheated and froze. It reset the Earth's temperature climate. But since we've advanced so quickly in the last, like, what, 400 years? the And we're getting to the point now where technology and science is trying to prevent meteor impacts. Well, we're literally contributing in that regards to the rising temperature of our planet. Because the temperature of the planet's naturally rising anyways. It's naturally going to get warmer and warmer. Now we speed it up just a little bit, true, by the the greenhouse gases we produce. But there's actually a lot of other natural phenomenon that contribute to it, like volcanoes. 
Volcanoes, it's a really small percentage, but the Earth's volcanoes contribute to, uh, I believe, CO2 emissions as well. And then solar panels. Their scientists are starting to find out that the the solar the use of solar solar panels is actually contributing as well to the rise of of, of uh, heat, because there's all the even though they're collecting sun for energy, a lot of that's also being bounced back into the atmosphere, and that stays trapped because of the atmosphere, and that heat just stays here in the planet. So, we're even with that technology, it's contributing to global warming, if you want to say that. So there's a, there's a lot of things that we're doing that aren't actually the right thing to do. But if it sounds like the one thing we should be con contributing more to is some form of giant climate controlling machine. Which, you know, a lot of people, uh, there's a lot of conspiracies behind something like that. <laughs> now, I'm not saying we should create a weather controlling machine, but something like a, like a, something that'll cool the planet, so to speak. Because if it, if everything points to how nature decides things, we are definitely getting the getting in the way of nature. It is, and that's kind of the thing where we have like Elon Musk, who who's trying to push really hard to expand humanity to different planets, because, like he mentions, if it's not. World War Three that kills us is going to be another meteorite or blah blah, and you know it's definitely possible we could all die in another meteor. Um, but if uh, Randall Car or Randall Carlson and Graham Hancock have discovered, they believe that wasn't the case with the last cataclysm. The last cataclysm actually was the ancients, you know, the 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 race of people that existed prior to the. Uh, the cataclysm, which is interesting enough, more and more evidence is starting to show that it wasn't just humans that existed in on Earth, and it wasn't just Neanderthals too. There's a lot of new information coming about uh, coming out about Neanderthals, but it was a, a new race known as the uh, Denisovans, is what they're calling them, which Graham Hancock himself went and, and investigated the actual site of the location of where they were found. And it was a very interesting because they found like a few bones uh, and the DNA to it was unlike anything they've seen before. They didn't, uh, they, it was a new class of a species or a race, but it was very humanoid. It had the body of a human to a degree. I can't remember, I believe they were taller too, actually. And they were taller than the average humans and you think even probably taller than Neanderthals, I don't know. But... They, with the one thing that really shocked and baffled the archaeologists was the, a piece of jewelry, <laughs> funny enough. This piece of jewelry showed them that they were far more advanced for that time, and I think it was labeled as being somewhere around 60,000 years ago, that these, these, uh, this race of Denisovans, that, 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 uh, Jewel, the jewelry, the wrist, I think it was like a wristband, wrist bracelet, had a drill hole in it. Now, it wasn't a, a drill hole that you'd see from indigenous native, like, uh, tribes and stuff. It was a drill hole from what they discovered with something that could have only been used by a much more modern day type of technique. Something that had 
a high speed rotation, something that like could be pretty much generated only with technologies that exist today. So it just baffled uh, archaeologists and scientists. They don't know what created this and how they did it, because to them, that technology shouldn't have existed 60,000 years ago. You know, supposedly to mainstream historians, <laughs> mankind evolved from uh, cave monkeys and then became only uh, discovered fire in the last 10,000 years. And, uh, or some shit like that. But, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, so they're, they're discovering that there's way more. And then they also found out that the Denisovans and the Neanderthals and the humans interbred. Like, the DNA samples they're starting to find out had mixes. Both Neanderthal DNA, that they, the newer ones that they've been finding, show Denisovan blood in them as well. As well as human blood. Which they, they're starting to realize that humans and them... We're, we're actually, we actually have the most, apparently the most uh, mix of DNA between Neanderthal and uh, Denisovans. And one of the suggestions Graham Hancock pointed out, I believe in his latest book, Before America Before, that he believes humanity, that as we have today, is literally the, the remnants of these ancient civilizations, including the Neanderthals. There's, there's even, I believe, theories coming out now that um, some, and if not some, I definitely believe in this, believe in this possibility that the Neanderthals weren't as dumb or caveman-like that we think. I believe they were definitely an advanced race of beings that, for their time. Now, I'm not saying, even Graham, Hock, Graham Hancock says that the... Um, they weren't advanced in a way where we have cars and airplanes today. They were interestingly advanced in a way that whatever they their, their construction, right? They built these massive structures that we still have see today. You know, like the pyramids, the Great Sphinx of Giza. They they were obviously, you know, through all this investigation between Graham Hancock and Randall Carlson, they were definitely not produced by engineering techniques that the mainstream archaeologists are are pushing out there's just no way it takes not even a i believe a the modern day uh, industrial trucks or, or or tractors or whatever they're called things that can lift things not even those can fully lift those huge carved cut out stone blocks that they they find uh, over there in the Mediterranean and then to suggest that they these giant stone carved uh, cut out stones were were hauled like over a few hundred miles or a thousand miles or something like that to their locations in Egypt that's just there's just no way <laughs> the, 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 the supposed theories that they were dragged there you can't even if they if a, if a tractor can't even fully lift one up on its own there was definitely no ship capable of, of holding that in the ocean and if they were to drag it that would have taken and who knows you're talking about a huge amount of people and it would have taken like years years just to get one block 
one block, like a hundred, just a hundred miles, one block would take years. <laughs> that's that's just heavy. You'd ha you'd have to have thousands upon thousands, I would say. Okay, I don't know how. I, you know, that's obviously probably a little exaggerated, but you need lots of people to to just haul one. And the way they're suggesting it was like, oh, they put these these car these cut out tree stumps and everything, and they shove them in there, and it's like. Actually, a lot of archaeologists are learning that at that time period, there wasn't a lot of trees in the whole in that area. So where are they getting all these wood? All this wood? They'd have to ship that in from elsewhere. It's just like, there's a lot of holes in, in the mainstream archaeology that just don't make sense. And so... And so, yeah, so... <clears throat> you have these ancient races, these, these Denisovans, these... these ancient uh, structures that have still that still exist today although their use is definitely not what we think it is there's definitely a lot of uh theories and and suggestions out there uh there's a, a recent one where they think that the pyramids are actually giant uh, generators they think that the the uh the tip because the tip of the pyramids are missing that these these technologies to them was designed possibly to generate some form of energy that they're not actually uh, giant tombs heck the Graham Hancock found out that the the Romans a lot of the Roman structures in, that, that, that have been discovered weren't actually built by the Romans they were actually the foundations to a lot of them at least a lot of the foundations that the Romans have were pre-existing and the romans just came in and built on top of them and that's you know that's how they did things if they found something in a strong solid structure they went in and they used it and they just utilized what they had because you could they would look and you could see different you could see where the the main structure starts and then where the romans kind of added to it because the blocks are different the shapes are carved differently they're not the same and so, you got a, you got a lot of these inconsistencies with a lot of the mainstream history historians and archaeologists. So going back to the to what that can really mean is the so with the ancients during the first or the last cataclysm around eleven to thirteen thousand years ago, Graham Hancock believes that when the cataclysm happened, most of 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 whatever ancient civilization society was pretty much destroyed. And as a result, they didn't just all die out. It was they, 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 the survivors of these ancient civilizations came to, to became remnants, right? Of these, of the societies. And they pretty much spread across the globe and trying to rekindle their ancient civilizations. Gobekli Tepli. It was one such location that they found, shoot, when was it, like, I think it was like 13,000 years ago or 9,000 years ago. No, it was, yeah, because it was after the, the cataclysm. It was some something around nine to 10,000 years ago, uh, shortly after the cataclysm. And the, what they, what they discovered was that there was a indigenous native tribe there, and this native tribe met with with some someone because 
the according to their to their discoveries, the at at one point they were just regular hunter gatherers, and all of a sudden they were builders, out of nowhere. There's no gradual like evidence of them learning new technological techniques. They just went from hunter gatherers to building these these megalithic stone structures. Hold on, give me a moment. All right, had to take care of my puppy. Who's starting to make weird noises behind me? He's a weirdo. <laughs> and um, so, anyways, so they were they were building these megalithic structures, and with the with so with with that missing evidence, those kind of they they only conclusion that they can really come up with, according to, with, with Graham Hancock, is because the other mainstream archaeologists, I guess, they didn't really care about the such things which is weird um he him and randall and stuff they they pretty much were like hey there, there's this they went from hunter gatherers and now they're they're building these megalithic stone structures with no seemingly prior knowledge of even knowing how to do so because it's very intricate it's very big like they didn't even have apparently they didn't have the technology to do it so to graham hancock and randall carlson they they believe that that's evidence of the remnants of the the ancient civilizations that were trying to rekindle their civilizations once again and you can see that across the globe it wasn't just in gobekli tepli that was just one location other locations they believe they visited were in the in the americas like central america and south america because there's evidences of uh, a lot of the indigenous people talking about the uh these Beings in the, the 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 beings that looked that were pale in skin color, that appeared before them with pretty much godlike powers, so to speak, is what they were kind of being uh, portrayed as. And Graham Hancock believes that it wasn't that they were godlike; they just had really advanced technology, and that this advanced technology, they just had what was left over. But the ancient ancient civilizations learned from them, learned how to build these pyramid structures. Because, um, excuse me, if you look at a, uh, oh man, excuse me, <clears throat> again, if you look at a, uh, the the Central America and stuff in in South America, they the pyramids they have they're 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 not exactly the same as Egypt, but they are designed similarly. Now. He he doesn't believe that it's a, it's it's a coincidence that oh you have pyramid structures in Egypt then and you have pyramid structures in Central and South America, yeah that's normal, you know and they're also finding evidences of of pyramid structures in in North America, and not to include not to include the pyramid structures over in India, and apparently recent discoveries of pyramid structures in China, and supposedly hidden pyramid structures in Japan. So these pyramid structures were global, and Graham Hancock and Randall Carlson believe that they—that—that's just strong evidence that there was a globalized civilization that shared knowledge, that shared technology, and and who knows what else at one point prior to the cataclysm. Now, all of this is just really, to me, it's really fascinating. And it really begs to question, like, what what does that mean for humanity, you know? If that's really where we come from, for one, it it uh, 
it brings together a lot of missing links in my opinion because I do wonder what the great who created the great pyramids and it never really made sense that everything I was taught growing up that they were hauled by the slaves of, of, of uh, the Jewish slaves of Egypt like I don't know it didn't make sense that they could build the entire pyramids like that like there's definitely evidence of what do they call that uh of fixing like Graham Hancock doesn't deny that he does say that there's strong evidence that the pyramids were repaired and the Great Sphinx was repaired and there's even a period where the certain uh, images uh, structures statues were destroyed and so there's phases throughout the history that show that and but one one point he makes to Egyptologists because Graham Hancock does not like Egyptologists and they don't really like him either <laughs> but uh because of the things he's come out saying about pretty much them lying about the information that's coming out and so one of the things he points out is the Great Sphinx the Great Sphinx is supposedly according to Egyptologists about 4,500 years old well Graham Hancock says that that's not that sh that doesn't make sense because you can't date carved stone the only way to date stone is to date it from the natural position of where it's at Due to, that way you can figure out the corrosion levels, the overtime, and all that stuff. But once you carve it out of the stone, you can't tell at what point in time it was it, it existed in. Because the corrosion levels no longer uh, are, are consistent. And so, what he said though, is if you look at the, 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 the sand and the dirt around it, because they had to... You know, that's another thing he points out. So when they when they discovered the the Great Sphinx, it was actually buried under sand. It wasn't exposed as how we see it today, which is crazy because that it looks like it, it's always been exposed. But no, they they had they had to dig up this this giant stone structure, and the, the I guess they only found like the the top of it, like the head. That's how they came across it, and. Um, so when they when they when they dug it all out, and then they cut, cut around it, Graham Hancock says if you look at the the dirt and the sand around it, you can actually date it from that, because from the bottom level of the Sphinx, to the height of that dirt, it actually indicates over like eleven thousand years old. Now Egyptologists disagreed with Graham Hancock and Randall Carlson and them. They were saying that's not true. You guys don't know what you're talking about pretty much is what they're throwing out there and that they're wrong and, <laughs> and that's that's why they don't like each other but you know Graham Hancock Graham Hancock believes that they're they're purposely lying and withholding information the reason being I don't know I had this conversation before like what what would benefit them from lying well, Egypt is a pretty religiously led country through Muslims, uh, Islam, I believe. And I don't know, like, is it, it, will it would it affect religion? Because it doesn't affect to me, honestly. It really doesn't. You know, and this isn't my a biblical talk or my talk on faith, but it it doesn't. As you as some of you may have already heard, the to me. 
this is just evidence of what the Bible doesn't, like, kind of hints at prior to the, the flood of Noah. Because it talks about the world of man becoming corrupt and, and evil and sinful and stuff, right? But that's as far as it really explains the world. But it says the world in, in there. It doesn't say, oh, Israel, or it doesn't just say, oh, the Mediterranean or the area of the Jews or something. No, it says the world has become corrupt and sinful and stuff. And so, to me, that does not disprove anything that Graham Hancock or anything is is uh, pr providing. Nor does what he's providing dis disprove what the Bible says. But anyways, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to say is that there's there's regardless of the evidences, none of that seems creates conflict with me within me. It just doesn't. And so the a lot of this just makes me wonder like what does that mean for humanity and society as a whole? Are we where do we come from? Where do we, what should we know? Because to me, history is really important. If that's, that's kind of the reason why I think, um, that's kind of the reason why I think that society has gone, has gone through what we're going through today already. Like everything that we're hearing about the rise of, excuse me, I had to, uh, take care of the post. got a little distraction going. All right, and so the 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 society. See if I can find my spot again. The the what we've been through before, or what what we're going through now, I believe has already happened before. Like the what's happening, the rise, the rising stuff that's happening in society, like the rise of violence, this whole like trans and homo homosexual and all this stuff that's going on, and. Uh, what do you call it? The, the, the rise of non-belief, the rise of, of everything is, that's, that's coming out. Like, look at Japan. Japan, like, I, 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 I like their anime, love their anime, but they are the most, what do you call, out there nation in terms of, like, it's, it's so easy to, you know, you walk around the, the level of, like, it's, uh, what do you call it? Uh, prostitution is, is, is really legal there in a lot of places. Um, I mean, their porn is really huge. And the sexualization of just men and women in Japan is really high. But it's like so normal for them that they don't really, they're desensitized to it for the most part. So they don't really, like, I don't think it really impacts them the same way it does to us. Where we look at it with fascination they're probably like, oh, it's, it's normal. And so, yeah, they, um, and so that's just like, it's just the, it's so many different things that that's, that's rising in this world. And so much negativity is rising as well that I feel like all of it has already happened before. But the thing is, because we forgot our history and most people don't seem to care about history, that we're doomed to repeat and make the same mistakes again. Is that a good thing? Obviously not. I think we've been warned by a lot of ancient civilizations. 
The Mayans warned us. You know, a lot of people think that the Mayans calendar, the 2012, was the prediction of the end of the world, but it really wasn't. A lot of uh, archaeologists pointed out that uh, the Mayan calendar was really depicting the end of an era and the start of a new one. Well, part of their prediction, too, was that in this new era, a rise of, of uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a rise of, uh, or not rise, but a change in social perspective is going to occur. And some other stuff. Um, interesting enough, in, in the Hindu belief, I remember speaking to a couple when I was Uber driving in Seattle. Uh, they were Indian. And then, according to them, in the Hindu belief, that there's actually a prediction of this the era that we're in now that they say is considered the era of the fall of spirituality. Where they believe spirituality will disappear and, and fade away, which is eerily enough pre been predicted by the bible as well and many other religious you know religions out there it's so it's, it's very interesting what how they were able to predict all this because that's one thing graham hancock points out for being someone that's not like i guess you could say quote-unquote religious he has become far more spiritual as the more he's discovered about ancients ancient civilizations and what he believes they were that they believed like why they believed in spirituality so much. He believes there's a reason for it. That even though they may not have been as advanced as us in terms of like flying and, and cars, they had a much stronger appreciation to the world in some aspects. You know, they, they valued life in many other ways, but they were connected on a spiritual level to things that we can't even fathom because we don't even care about that anymore. Most people don't care about spirituality. They don't care about becoming one with the world or one with, you know, the inner you and and the spirit of, of things. Because it's not just your mental state of mind is what spirituality is. It's the, the, the I guess you could say the ethereal, the, the supernatural element that exists that we don't really understand. And then we don't understand it because most people don't care about it anymore. And, and to me, that's, it's, it sucks and it's sad. And I feel like that's what's contributing as well to the fall of mankind is because we've become so arrogant that we seem to know everything, but we're, we're willingly ignoring history. We're willingly listening to the blatant lies coming from those in power. <laughs> it's it, we're, we are dooming ourselves. For many reasons. Now it's not all doom and gloom. Not everybody's uh, uh, an evil person. Not everybody's out to get you. There's good people out here. Out there. There's good people all across the world. The problem is the they're becoming harder and harder to really hear. Because their voices are being drowned out by the cries of... of people who think they're in the right it's very interesting because it's like you have people here fighting for supposedly oh their, their next stimulus check or their you know the 
whether or not they could have this job despite whether or not having the, the skill sets to even work that job. <laughs> demanding higher pay, demanding this, demanding that. Then you have people like in like South Africa, or not South Africa, in Africa, or in, in South America, even in China, where they're all being, you know, enslaved, they're being murdered, they're being, you know, uh, prostituted, human trafficked. Nobody cares about that shit. Everybody's just, they're just crying about what's happening here. And that, it's sad to say it, but I've, I, I come to believe that most people don't care about everybody else. It's not to say that we're not empathetic or sympathetic. We just don't care about others that we don't see. Most people ignore all that stuff. They don't care that a bunch of children are getting raped, killed, and, and enslaved in Africa or poor farmers and stuff and, and, and Muslims and all that in, in China are being brainwashed or human trafficked. Same thing in South America. Nobody cares about that. Like, the people that do are actively trying to stop it, but what can they do when the rest of the world ignores that? They're too busy crying about their their McDonald's. <laughs> you know? It's just, like, ridiculous. It's To me, it's like this... It's It's disheartening. And that's what frustrates me about society, is we're so busy pointing the finger at each other, we're so busy demanding that we're right, that we don't even stop to appreciate what we have. Like, I'm lucky to be where I'm at now, and I'm not saying it's an easy place, I'm struggling as it is, I deal with depression, I deal with mental health issues just as much as anybody else out there, I'm willing to accept it. I'm willing to to state it. But that's that's me. I think if more people started to do that, we'll, we'll be able to understand each other more. If more people were willing to talk about that, if more people were willing to talk to each other instead of pointing fingers, instead of being angry for dumb reasons, or I shouldn't say dumb, but misunderstood reasons, I guess, because everybody has their reasons for being mad about something. It differs from person to person. We can't assume that our our reasons for being angry is more than more than someone else's, because we don't know what they were dealing with. We don't know the troubles that they had to overcome or the tr struggles that they had to deal with. I don't know. This, this has been a pretty long episode. Uh, I don't know. I, I think I'd kind of find it there. I mean. There's a lot to go on, and obviously there's a lot of things uh, to discuss, ranging from the history and society and stuff, and I want to promote a much more positive lifestyle. I really do. I think we can definitely learn from each other, from being honest and just talking about things, and really not trying to get upset about our differences. The one thing I just can't tolerate... Is people who are negative all the time, or people who belittle or demean others, regardless of their beliefs. It's just like it's 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 either it's, it, it either looks and comes off as very hypocritical when I see it because most people are like, "Well, I'm a good person, but that person's a fucking idiot," or that person, you know, doesn't know what they're talking about because they're stupid, or that person because they listen to this other dude that. 
you know, they're nothing but just blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, really? It's like, yeah, I understand. I say similar things to a degree, you know, especially in my podcast, you know, because I'm venting a lot of that shit is just, it's frustration that's built up because I'm just tired of seeing all that shit happening. I'm frustrated with the bullshit because of what I think we could really be doing better and positively. I know I should probably lead better in that example. It's hard. Again, I'm, I'm human. I'm just like everybody else. Like I say, I'm an average Joe. I, there's nothing special about me. There's nothing unique about what I do. I'm just trying to do what I do. And I have the belief that I believe for the reasons, for my own reasons. But I, at the end of the day, I don't wish harm on anybody. I don't wish, you know, other people to, to fail at life for whatever reason. I don't, I don't wish that on anybody because I understand mental health pretty well. I understand the struggles a bit well, and I understand differences really well in terms of like, we're all different. And so we just have to really be open with each, open with each other, be honest and not really criticize each other for being different or be for disagreeing. And that's th that's hard. And I won't lie. And, and it's going to be hard for everybody, especially when you have a really strong moral beliefs in whatever it is that you believe in. But if we talk about it and we can agree to disagree or we can reach a point of compromise or just really just discuss things in a positive manner, I'm pretty sure people could walk away more and be more like, hey, yeah, I didn't, I didn't agree with that guy, but you know, he was nice. He treated me kindly. He treated me well or gal, whatever. And, you know, we'll move on about our days. That's it. That's the end of it. You know, don't have to talk to each other anymore. Just, or, or maybe you end up talking to each other. There's a lot of people out there that can do it. So why can't everybody else do it? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's hard. People are struggling. There's so many like, it it's true. There's so many different problems that we're dealing with that contribute with this. Contribute to this. That makes it hard for people to really focus on each other. That's the reason why most people, I believe, in 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 America, don't care about the bullshit happening elsewhere. And it, it's not just in America, but every country has their own. Is the same. The reason we being is because they're all dealing with their same shit, their own bullshit. You know, every country you go to is, is, in the, is in the same way. They don't really care. Like, yeah, you have all these social media people that are throwing their fists up and all this stuff. But in reality, they ain't doing shit. Outside of that, they ain't doing anything. They're just going to work, dealing with their own personal issues, their own mental health problems. Which mental health in, in, in a lot of societies, especially in America, is really huge. I've mentioned that before in my in the YouTube podcast I had. A lot of people ignore that. But that, maybe I'll go back into that again in a later episode. But, yeah, so I'll probably end it around here. This is a pretty long one. A bit long. And might might have been inconclusive to some of you who listening, being like, well, I wanted to hear what you were going to finish up on. I don't know. But... It's just like I said, I was just going to ramble. I was just going to talk, see what just comes out. And that's what it was. So hopefully all of you enjoyed this, this little chat, this little talk. 
my explanation or whatever you want to think of it or call it. And you're staying safe. You're staying healthy. You're staying clean. Be observant. Be aware. Be positive as best as you can. And really look out for each other. Because we improve our communities. We improve each other. It's up to us, our individual self, to make that choice. To stay positive. And try not to fake it. <laughs> try to really be positive. But maybe you have to fake it in the beginning to convince yourself to finally be positive. But that's that could be a different discussion where I can try to look at how we can improve ourselves, right? But, uh, yeah. We'll end it there. And hopefully you all enjoyed this. Uh, if you follow, wherever you follow this on, make sure you, you, uh, well, I should say, wherever you listen to this on, definitely give it a follow, whether it's Spotify or Google Podcasts or whatnot. And if you really want to support me further, go to my anchor page and you can support me through there. I really appreciate it. I hope you all enjoyed this. Take care and hope to see you in the next episode.